There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. Creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets turns. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that culture? Yes. Las culturistas. Ding dong. Las culturistas calling. Big episode. Big episode. We have a choice to make up top. Okay, what's the choice? Do we want this to be honesty zone style? I mean, it feels like you came on here cooking. It feels like my girl came on here fucking cooking, ready to either rock or roll. And by rock, I mean go honesty zone, like pop off yeah. or roll, like sort of roll through, like like ducking a hard top. Ducking. I don't want to duck. Can I just say that is that is not my M- <laughs> I would rather I would rather rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, let's fucking rock then. Let's r- literally rock. I, I am cooked, past yeah, tense, cooked. adjective. I have not gotten sleep. That's mm-hmm. the thing I need the most in this world. That's the thing that, that's a basic human need and a right, I would say. You got it. It's your right to be able to sleep. You actually have to, what you must do is just, so I didn't realize I wasn't sleeping last. I don't know if anyone, any readers out there have this. We're just like for a few days in a row, you've been stressed out about whatever it is, any given thing. And you realize you really haven't slept. And then you have what I would consider really legally a short coma. The other night I slept for 13.5 hours. I'm so jealous. I have not had that kind of sleep in years, years. And years. this is years. It's <laughs> sleep should be sanctified into. Yeah. Law. human rights into law and you would be breaking the law if you did not get at least seven hours of sleep every night 
You'd be breaking the law. So say yeah. goodbye to, to the club. Say goodbye to, to the to the drugs that keep you up all night. Oop, listen, they're illegal for that reason. Let me ask Do you during Rowan the day. Question. I agree. Let me ask you a question. On any given night, how many hours do you sleep? And let's actually get into this. Yeah. How many hours on five. any given night? Five? Four, five, six, if I'm lucky. It's not Four? good. It's been like this for the past, I would say, like 18 months. It's not been good. Whoa. Okay. That explains a lot of my vibe in the last year i feel like i'm just like i'm just dragging and i'm like i'm dour and i'm not i don't like myself and this is where this is the energy i'm coming in with and i'm sorry and i apologize in advance and you matt ronders is my friend as the showbiz legend as decreed by jennifer lewis herself way too early to say in my career give me two more years 18 more months you do not have to really console me in this i'm just being honesty zone right now towards mm-hmm. you and saying that I'm realizing that that's at the source. That's the source of all of this. And I'm re- and I'm realizing that I didn't have that great of a time last night at the Emmy Awards for mm-hmm. various reasons. Um, I'm very glad that my mother got to meet my auntie Sandra. Oh, that's such a special moment. I saw the picture. That was so great. I bet Sandra was, was so lovely. Nice. Sandra was so lovely. And um, she took a picture. She was like, we need to get a Canadian picture. So it was me, mm. Sandra, Mar- Martin Short, and Lauren Michaels got a picture together. And it was <gasps> really nice. Marty Short. That's amazing. How oh was Martin God. Short? Was he hamming it up? With him, it's like, you don't mind it. You're just right. like, let him go. Remember, okay, remember that night on fire, that day on Fire Island? I almost wanted to tell him this. But I mean, Mar- <laughs> Marty was, was just like... Going chopping off. it up. Yeah. Going, going off at dinner after the, the, the show. And then, um... I turned to Sudi. I brought Sudi with me to this dinner. And then I turned to Sudi and I told some of the other people at the table. I was like, there was one morning on Fire Island this year where we woke up and our friend Patrick was just like, we need to watch Jiminy Glick videos. Oh, yeah. This is great. This is such a morning. Jiminy Glick is the funniest (laughs) shit I've ever seen in my life. There's not nearly enough respect for Jiminy Glick. And also Martin Short at large. My, My personal vote for that category did go to Steve Martin herself. But Martin Short was... Martin Short. It, Marty, Marty is Marty. a legend. Marty's a legend. It is tough to to watch fat suit humor and be like, yeah. ha, 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 ha. but all that aside, if I can separate that, I don't know if I should, but if I can separate that, I go. It was a different time. Comedy. I'm also I don't I also just woke up to some bullshit like some people deliberately misinterpreting the Tony Bennett joke that I made. Oh um, come on, as being like. As as like as as being about dementia, no, no, it's an, freaking it's, out. It's an it's an ageist joke. Sure, I'll cop to that. It's a joke about age, one hundred percent. That doesn't make it, it ageist. I, 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 Alzheimer has affected me and my family. Like it's, I. <laughs> That's promise, not what it's I, about. I, I, I it was a joke about even, a young woman taking care of older men. That was. I was can't innocent. even. So stupid. I can't even. I shouldn't have even gone this far into it conversationally with you, my friends, with the readers. By the way, so many, so many lovely, lovely publicist readers, actual publicists, we got to meet last night. Um, Some lovely people who were working the event after, the Mm -hmm. governor's event after. um, There was one guy who I passed by with my mom. He goes, I'm a Katie. I was like, what? (laughs) It was very, very nice to see the Katie's out in full force. Oh, you I know, have I've met some people recently who have really, 
who have really, really, really come forward and identified themselves as Katie's. And sometimes I have the heart to tell them, like, I'm so sorry to have led you down this path. You are not a Katie anymore. You're back to being a reader because they come up with such pride in being a Katie. And I don't want to take that from them. So you you know what I say to everyone out there? Self-identify. And that's actually a rule of culture number 45. You know what I say to everyone everyone out there? there? (laughs) Self-identify. Maybe there are factions, period. Maybe that maybe there's there are, maybe at oh no, did we start a civil war within our own fancom unity? Like the Katie's and the readers, like, oh man, it is giving red state, blue state. There aren't enough <laughs> civil wars. We'll call them a fandom. I I I I don't like to say that we have stands, that we have a stan mm-hmm. population the way that like pop stars might, but stands, standhoods like don't have civil wars enough of the time. No. They stick together. I and, wish. But but, they but stick not together. but until it's now. Scary. <laughs> Until now, tear each other apart. Until now, tear each um, other well, apart. Can we? we I'm, I'm, I, I'm understanding you and hearing you that it was a stressful, um, not very sleep filled evening. You did look absolutely great. You, I loved your suit. I thought your bit with Keenan was amazing. You brought some energy to the proceedings, which they needed. Um, I was watching at home, and Mama, the shots were being called very late. I also didn't realize because I was in I'm in Canada right now shooting yeah. and the word fuck slipped through so many times. I was like, are the people that are doing these speeches like deliberately just saying fuck and are they missing it? And then I remembered like the standards are different in Canada, but there was so much cursing last night and it kind of just felt like my thing is like with with the with the I don't give a fuck literally if people curse, but it kind of just felt like okay, you know this is like an event that everyone in America is watching. You know there's like decorum with speeches and if everyone is the person to say fuck, damn, hell, shit, ass, see, you know, all these things, like, then it kind of loses its novelty. So for everyone to be the potty mouth of the night is kind of like, all right, chill, people. We understand you're cool and throw some fucks around. I know. I mean, how many years has <laughs> the FCC been around? Like, it's, 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 I feel yeah. like it's just not quite as shocking anymore to curse on television. Also, like, I, I don't know. think so, honey. I'm not going to curse and then cursing. Like, that joke is hacked to me. I mean, and all mm-hmm. all due respect to every winner who played that sure. game. Um, can I just say there were so many amazing moments though, like Shirley Ralph. Wow, oh that, my what god, what was that like? Because when they cut to her in the crowd, she really wasn't expecting it. What a legend! No, what a legend! And I mean, okay, I will say this. I think I had some conversations with people who were in the room, and congratulations to Michael Keaton, legend for winning for Dope Sick. For that to be the first award of the night, and for someone who is as seasoned of mm-hmm. uh, an actor as he, for someone who's won awards in his past, he goes up, he gives a pretty, I don't know, like, I would say, like, um, rehearsed speech, right? And there was no, like, there was no magic to it. You you needed something light. That's that's why, like, I, I always like it when the supporting categories go first. Mm-hmm. I like when someone starts off the night sets the tone in a way that's like oh my god oh this is amazing this is lovely wow thank you so much um so to go from murray bartlett gave you some of that i think michael keaton kind of comes on well first of all okay let's back up oprah walking out was a huge shock Mm -hmm. in the room i would imagine And, and like you know my mom just kind of goes what yeah um feet away from oprah like crazy um and then michael keaton wins this award i it, it was just like 
we were kind of lurching through various like vibes between Tones. Oprah coming on, Oprah like someone like Oprah coming on. You expect to be like a, a, a something that picks up the show like in the middle of it or towards the end. So that happens. Michael Keaton wins and gives this speech that's very like lovely. Um, Murray wins anyway, and I just think like the 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 tones, as you said, were weird until Cheryl goes up and sings "Endangered Species," and the whole room was silent, just taking this in. And ooh, like her her saying, "This is what believing looks like," mm-hmm. really impacted that whole fucking theater like it was she that gave was you something special. you could feel that's for sure oh, yeah. i mean like the, just like hearing her she hearing her name and i voted for janelle james but hearing her name get uh said out loud everyone that i know what said they screamed yes like i was watching it with joel yeah. we're here in toronto working on something and oh. joel and i were watching it and we just both were like yes like how mm-hmm. can you not as a fan of just like it feels like anything not have been touched by Cheryl Lee Ralph in some way. You know what I mean? Like if you don't know her from like sister act two or like know of her from dream girls, Moesha, like, you know, Abbott elementary now, like it just, you know, I know she's a peer of Jennifer's and Jennifer sometimes talks about their relationship. And in fact, Cheryl Lee Ralph is, um, She's in the book and, you know, yes, she actually right. was, she was actually me- uh, mentioned in an article about Jennifer recently and they talk so fondly about each other. But when Je- Cheryl Lee Ralph was up there on stage, I sort of felt like a lot of like pride and like utmost respect for her, like a truly a figure of great esteem and respect and dignity yes. and talent and beauty. Like a great fortune of beauty a, and a great fortune of beauty. She sits on a throne of great fortune of beauty and she so took that moment like a pro, but yeah. like a pro in the way that really reminded me of Jennifer and that it was spontaneous and it felt like almost like a word. It felt like we were spirited. Giving, yeah, it yes. was giving it was she was feeling the spirit and she was allowing something through her. And also not for nothing, but she really cleared and took her moment to actually produce a really sick vocal like mama was open oh and sounded good and then not only she didn't stop the speech there when she could she continued on with her gratitude and her just like illustrious career like just that she just was mounting that stage and giving it yeah. to everybody and it never de-heightened it no. was truly from her soul and she gave it to everyone with the raised fist at the end and that emmy in the air and i said that is someone who deserves this moment and i think what you're maybe pulling from the michael keaton of it all because i was also a little bit bored is this is someone we've now seen give many speeches. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he also Wonderful was so, actor. he we was so him. stunning in his speech, so beautiful in his speech yeah. from the critics choice awards that it almost feels like when you see someone give a speech a lot and like, you know, not necessarily set up to orate in that moment. Sometimes it is nice. And with these, with these award shows that come at the end of a particular cycle and the Emmys, like we've all been talking about these shows for so fucking long now. Yeah. It feels like the, the degree of spontaneity is lower. The conversations around TV cycles is timed such that there is no like respite. Whereas with like Oscar, with with films, it's like okay, like you got like you can just chill out in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, like spring summer, just chill. And spring summer, the, more September, more September. But then more September into Comes the fall and winter. Festivals. Is that's what that's when you pay attention. That's when you're like, yeah. okay, this is. 
this is what we're going to talk about leading into March, uh, like all the way up to the Oscars. Like yeah. there's like a pretty time bound aspect to that with TV. It's like, you're watching these shows all year. You're talking about them all year. So that by the time you get to the Emmys, you're a little bit like unclenched and you're releasing all of this fatigue maybe. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, here we go. And it's all <laughs> of these. And it, it's, it all comes rushing back to you're like, oh, that's right. Um, There was White Lotus. I mean, White Lotus was like a year and a half ago. It I'm was 18 so, years ago. We were children when ago. it came out. <laughs> I remember I remember when the iPhone came out the same time as White Lotus. I don't know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'm watching. I finally watched The Dropout and it's, oh, it's wonderful. Great. It's yeah. great. She's it's very really deserving. Great. She's very She's deserving. Absolutely very deserving. And I think it's, that show does a really good job of like, depicting technology that isn't too far in the past, but isn't Mm -hmm. that recent either. Yeah. Anyway. um, And the thing to it is with the thing with the dropout too, and the Elizabeth Holmes of it all is it had to be something that she ostensibly could sort of really make up, but had to be believable enough. And that feels very now, you know what I mean? It is, it sort of speaks to, you know, the fire festival cons of it all. And it's like it, it, Michael Showalter, like go off King. Like you really directed the shit out of that. I mean, it was, it was exactly what you're saying. It was believable enough, but also like what this is continuing. Yeah. Performance is great. Um, but anyway, th- that I think that's that's the weird thing about TV seasons is that you're like, okay, you're, there's so much consumption. The volume is crazy, as we all know. Um, well, it's also like anyway. like white. There was White Lotus that was truly from like last fall, yeah. and then it feels like well, what happened this year? I think anyway is that it just so happened that fucking everything came out in like April and May, and then yeah. it was like so overloaded. So. So for all these shows to make a run for it so hard at, in like April and May towards the end of the eligibility, and then for it to just be like Ted Lasso and White Lotus, you're like, okay. <laughs> like, it just goes to show like you don't have to show up right when the voting is happening. Yeah, you yeah. just have to be something they like. And they clearly still love like Ted Lasso. Like. I was really surprised to not see a couple more wins go Barry's way because people are so obsessed with that show. People are so um, obsessed with that show. I mean, can I just say... Henry Winkler mm. is first of all delivers an incredible performance in Barry, both funny and dramatic at the same time. It's not a separate; mm-hmm. he doesn't separate those things. He kind of mm-hmm. collapses them into like the same performance and uh, at various turns. But I'll just say, like, incredibly kind man. Got to meet him and his wife and chat with them. Oh, that's great. I was, I, I just was like, I can't believe I'm talking to him, and much less like. I'm in the same category as this man, but that's not what that's what that's not what matters. But he and I both went to the bathroom after we lost, and then <laughs> and then I just like tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, "I was rooting for you, Henry," and he turns to me and goes, "I was rooting for you." And then I don't know, um, he was rooting for I, himself. I don't, be- I don't believe that at all. But it was it was just <laughs> nice to hear that. It was just nice to receive that from him, and then walk really nice. to the bathroom together, and we. I'll say it peed in the same peed in the same urinal and, and peed in adjacent urinals we crossed it streams was, beautifully with eye contact you and the fonts I would love I would love to cross streams iceberg and the fonts that's beautiful yes that's so beautiful Bo. that title of that Iceberg and the Fonts. That was my Peebo Bryson fantasy yeah that's good there was, there was lots of good things that happened I'm really excited for Quinta um, oh my god you know Quinta. that was that was awesome I feel like that show's like really arrived now I feel like Cheryl Lee 
When Cheryl Lee won, I thought, oh my God, maybe they're going to sweep everything. And I thought Quinta would win actress and also series, but it feels like they still are on their Ted Lasso zhuzh. So did you get to meet Kelly did, again? Did you get to talk to Kelly Clarkson? I when she showed up on stage, I screamed. Again. I got to walk past her dressing room. It was next to the gifting suite. But can we talk about her singing Losing My Mind? Oh, I just watched it before we got on. So Kelly Clarkson show is back. It's now on the 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time time slot, the Ellen time slot. There's a lot of pressure. Mm. She has been delivering. She did cover Welcome to New York by Taylor Swift yesterday for her first big episode because they're doing episodes from New York. And today we got Losing My Mind from Stephen Sondheim's Follies. And it was quote retweeted on a tweet that said, put Kelly Clarkson on Broadway, which I have to agree with. This was a great, lovely performance. She really gave it to you. There was no doubt in our minds that she would not be a stellar interpreter of Sondheim. But but I agree. We must agree with that tweet. We must co-sign. That Kelly tweet. tells a story, but wait, just just like back to the Emmys of it all for a second. When she came out, it, it was so funny to me which presenters they decided to give comedic copy and which they didn't. I don't know. I was just watching at home and I was like b- sort of befuddled by some of the presenters being given joke copy and some some not. And I was just like, well, if they're not comedic performers, probably they shouldn't be getting the joke copy. And then Kelly Clarkson came out and like she's like a funny person. She's like a host. Yeah. And basically what they gave her was like, all right, y'all, this is best actress. And I just want to say that it's so amazing to even be nominated so congrats to all you ladies on that it's so cool it's so cool all right anyway so the winner is and i'm like what like (laughs) give the girl something to say wow isn't it fucking inspiring for for women to be nominated yes slay queens and i was just like what is going it wasn't even that much like it was just like (laughs) vanessa and molly killed Vanessa and Molly killed. You have to watch their interview they did backstage after they presented. It's so sweet. They're both just loving on each other going like... I did watch it. We're, we're, both, we're both from Cleveland. We just love yeah. each other. No, and then at one point, Vanessa goes, we're both yeah. from Cleveland. So we have the same, the same. And then Molly, and Molly goes, turns, values. Values. <laughs> and then Vanessa's like, vibe. Oh, yeah. Val- oh, yeah. yeah values. <laughs> Oh my god! Can That's I say so okay? Here's here's who was at my table. Okay, it was okay. My my table was me, my mother, Kate McKinnon, Lauren Michaels, um, Seth and Amy, um, Molly, Vanessa, Vanessa's friend Gwen, and Sandra O. Oh. And <laughs> it was crazy. But uh-huh. Molly Molly looks around, looks at everybody at the table when we sit down when the show starts. She goes, "This is the most Molly Shannon thing." She goes. This is a fun table. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fun, like, table. Yeah, fun table. I love this table. I wouldn't want to be at any other table. <laughs> I wouldn't. It was very that. I wouldn't. And then when, but you know what? Oh, but then when, when, when a white lotus won. Yeah. Um, Molly was like, Molly was just clapping at our table. She's like, oh, that's so nice. I'm like, Molly. And I turn to Molly. I go, Molly, you should go up you there. You should like, go All up the cast. Is, she goes, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy for them. I was like, Molly, Shannon, you're that on so that show. Hard. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. We shot that. We we really shot that in Hawaii. We did. And I loved it because I could bring my daughter. No, I'm not going up. I'm not going to go up. No, because I was only in most of it. You know, they were in all of it. I was only in I most was- of it. It was like Molly. This is this is the most Molly Shannon thing. She was like, "No, no." I was like, "Molly, what are you talking about?" I I uh, honestly anyway. adore her, and also the fact that like he thanked her as one of like two inspirations for it. Oh, Mike wow. White. I missed that part. Yeah, he said he was like he said something like, 
Oh, and thank you so much to Jennifer Coolidge, Molly Shannon. They're my friends. Like I, they were, they were what inspired me to write it. Like oh he said, God. like I, I have a feeling that he wrote a lot of those parts with like specific actors in mind. By the way, they they put out the teaser for the new season, and yes. it's set in Sicily, right? And um, it looks really interesting. And speaking of sequels, something I wanted to touch on. You know what got rave reviews out of the Toronto International Film Festival was Knives Glass, Out, Glass Onion, Onion Knives yeah. Out 2, which I saw the cast and like I saw them all talking about it. And that looks like a fun table. That looks like a fun table. Molly would want to sit at that table. I mean, and you know, it has my avatar, Kate Hudson. Oh my God. She I really acts wait. like my, my impression of her. She really, she acts really like does. What did she say in this? In, the, in this? In this? Table, she was in this, like, in she junket. basically, she's like being interviewed about Knives Out to Glass Onion, and she's got her like <laughs> fabulous outfit on. She's like sitting on the corner so that she can use the armrest, you know, because I feel like she, her, her, her like essential gesture is like leaning on armrest and then getting up and like giving you, and then but leaning back, but never can't decide whether she can like lean or not. So she's saying like it's her and Janelle sort of like running the show, and like the rest of the actors are sort of just sitting there being like, yeah, I guess they they do talk the most, and they're like. Kate goes, I swear to God, like we would do murder mystery. I, it was so fun so, to be doing a murder <laughs> mystery movie and then still want to do a murder mystery party on the weekends. I don't know. It was just really fun. And then they go to everyone. So who was the best at murder mystery? And they all look at Kate Hudson and she's like, what? Oh my God. I was really into it. You know what, guys? It makes me feel really happy that you said that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm Kate. You are Kate. Oh my it's, God, you're right. I was the best. That's so funny. It's, it's uh, Caperlin is Kate. No, Matt Rodders is Kate Hudson. That's a rule of culture. Rule of culture. Yeah, number rule of culture 22. number twenty-two. Kate Berlin is, is Kate. Kate. No, no, more like Matt Rodgers, Matt Rodgers is Kate. Is Kate Hudson. Hudson. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey. 
Try new bubbly bursts. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store, upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for what you want to get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time, or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Talk about that show. I did see Kate Berland in Kate. And listen, this was exemplary. Like in terms of not only just a comedy show or, you know, an alt, you know, comedy experience. It's like a journey into oh, it's her transcended mind. That. Yeah. It really is. And have you seen it yet? No. I no, I'm dying to. I will pay any price to see it. I know, I know the tickets are they're steep. But like it's um, but it's but it's, it. it's theater. This is the this is when theater is exciting. When it, when you're like, wow, I really, it's a must see thing. You know, I, I, it has that feeling about it. And um, I, I've just heard them. I've, I've I've read. I don't want to read all of the reviews because I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to. You know, too. I don't want to get going with too much context. Yeah, you know, um, I don't think it can really be tipped for you in a way. What I'll say about okay. it is that actually, as I was leaving. I was thinking to myself, like, how would I describe this? And I would just say, you know, if you're a Kate Berlant fan, it feels like her at her most realized. And I have a feeling that probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast, a lot of the readers probably also listen to Poog. And if you are big fans of Kate's, like, this is a really cool show to see. It's just directed to absolute perfection by Bo Burnham. I mean, Mm. the aesthetic is very clear. You would would absolutely love it. You would absolutely love love it. You really would. Of course I would. Oh my God. I, I It's that thing where I remember the conversations that I would first have. This was like 2013, 2014. I remember like someone came into a pop roulette rehearsal. Mm-hmm. I think it was Amanda. It was Amanda Schachtman. And she was like, 
you guys, I just saw this amazing stand-up show. And it wasn't like Kate's show, but it was like Kate doing a set. Yeah. And it was like, at that point I'd heard of, I, I, I knew John early, but I, I knew that he was doing shows with, or he was doing stuff with Kate. Uh-huh. But like hearing Kate be described as one thing. And then you, he- and then you watch her perform and it's this really wild electrifying thing that like, I think people, I think it might've been some, it was, it was some piece. I forget what it was in, but they're, they write about how, you know, people are still sort of writing checks on the sensibilities that like John and Kate have sort of, created and I but here's what I think about that because I do think there used to be a narrative at least in like the New York comedy community that Kate and John quote unquote get copied and I think that like while that may have been true because people were very strongly influenced by what they've what they did and what they were so good at I think everyone that tried to copy them is sort of no longer doing it because they failed at doing it as well or realize that was a narrative and therefore abandoned it and tried to, like you do, find your own fucking thing. Because they did get, there were speech patterns in the way that they would speak on stage and they do share some. I mean, I think they would even come to that. Sometimes I do see John and Kate and Kate and John, but they are so an entity that it's like, you know, that doesn't feel like a weird rub to me. Other people younger than them obviously would rip the way that they spoke. And now I don't see them doing it that much anymore. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even like attaching any sort of value judgment on that. I I go, of course you're going to try on like another person's, thing you're going to channel something else as you are on your own journey to your own point of view like that 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 is totally normal i i just feel like that's their like i i don't think that many people are like not to narcissistically put myself in that equation but like i'm not not, people aren't copying me you know what i'm saying or people aren't like trying to use my voice in something and so that's like the difference where i go well john and kate really found something um and even let's just like distinguish the two. Like Kate found something very, very, very specific in the way she performs narcissism. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really, mm-hmm. really great. There's, there's an art to it. And like, I'm, I'm finishing Parker Posey's book finally. And I'm like, mm. oh, there's, these are, these are artists. These are, this is something that like, um, you, you really build out your self. You, you it affects your output because it comes from a, a differently um, conceived self concept. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass, but it's like, you know no, what I mean? It's like, yes, yeah. I, I, I do think that in discussing Kate's work, sometimes I do get a little like turned around. And I think that what I love about her so much is that if you actually just sit there and watch it, it's actually a lot more simple than, yes. than you think. And I also think the fact that you think that Kate is going to present this heady, like odyssey of the mind is part of her magic trick because you go there and so much of the show is about actual superficiality in that base way. Yeah, like, yeah. I, it, I, you know what? It's funny. Like 
back when I was a little bit more self-conscious as a comedian, and I think back when I didn't know my own voice so much, I would actually get intimidated by people like John, Kate, and Jacqueline Novak, and you know, because I figured like they were operating on a level that I could not possibly understand. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that trips people up. Yes, you go to yes. their show and you just sit there and they're actually it's actually it's this show was actually made exactly for me. I left that being like, oh my God, that was so like that was such a ripping open of the like like emotional psychological wounds you only find in therapy because you admit it to yourself about yeah. what it means wanting attention like truly and i think that like because she's so smart and because Bo is such a great eye on it it seems so vast and then in the comedy it's actually really simple and what i'm most blown away by with Kate Lant is her sheer control as a performer mm. she is so Oof. in her body and she she plays every note of her own instrument like oh my god it's just so like it's it's very lived in in a way and like i hesitate to say dropped in because it's not that it's actually beyond because because she's it's it's both broad and also really really small in a way that she's aware of and like a lot of the show is about it's like an it's like a you know exploration on on how she's perceived as a performer and what mm. that does to her own psyche and i think that you know the it, it's it's just great i mean like i really loved it mm. wow and this space is great yeah, Connolly's great. That's where Circle Jerk was. It was awesome. Um, mm. But wow, hearing you talk about hearing you talk about her control is really cool. Well, I told I am, her after I, that it inspired me. Oh, great! Yeah. yeah, and that's and you will process that in your own way, and it'll come out perfectly. I am. This is what's eating at me from last night. Yeah, what's up? I just like look at myself in these photos and I go, what the hell am I doing? Like, why is it like, it's, it's that thing where, Oh God, this is what makes this business really crazy is that Mm -hmm. if you're good at it, then that means you like, (laughs) if you're good at that part of it, then that means, um, that you think about this constantly. I don't know. I just, and then I watched back the bit I did with Keenan and I look at myself and I go, there's no, I have no idea what I'm, I have no control over what I'm doing, my delivery, my intention behind this. Like That's not true. Like, I, no, it's no, Matt, I'm, I'm telling you, like I, I walked out there and I kind of blacked out, I think. Yeah. And, and thank God Keenan was there next to me because if it was just me by myself on that stage, I would have had a heart attack on live television. I was just... I, I was just like, and that's not a natural environment for anyone to be in. And let me just say, like, um, I have no interest in actually hosting a show like that. It's it it's crazy to me that anyone wanted, would want to do that, except for a unicorn like Kenan Thompson, except mm. for some like a late night host, like, you know, all the late night hosts we have. But for someone like me, I watch back that sec- that thing, that bit, and I go what the fuck am I doing with my face, my body? Like, why am I moving around like this? It's it's not even artistic things. It's stupid shit like that where I go, ugh, I hate this. I hate looking at myself that way. I'm just being, mm-hmm. this is honesty zone. This is the honesty zone that I was kind of 
wanting to maybe bring in. And I'm sorry if it's dragging us down a bit in the um in the vibe, but I just that's that that's my honesty zone moment. Well, not to therapize. But and I told I totally understand everything that you're saying, and I think that it's um, very normal to watch yourself back on something like the Emmys and not be like, "Look at me! Look, I look perfect! (laughs) Look at how I know my angles! Oh, didn't miss a speck of that light! I hit the light! Look at me on my goddamn mark and not a stumble! Incredible! I will tell you this, Bowen, from my perspective, what 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 the show really needed at that point was energy, and you brought so much energy, and the crowd was so excited to see you. I I understand, and and I, I and I this is how I understand this about you because I see the way that you rehearse, and I see the way that you prepare, and I know I understand with you that it's very important to be on top of the little things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter you were one of the presenter highlights those jokes were actual jokes and you delivered them with an energy and with a confidence whether it was feigned or not that definitely absolutely read to the audience and if if, even if i wasn't your best friend sitting with your other best friend i would have been like well thank god because you can't fake that thing of just comic timing you can't fake energy you can't fake confidence like that and you can't fake experience like the one that you had at the same time do i think it's normal that you look at yourself in that environment and think well fuck yeah and i think that that's probably shared by a lot more people not that you need to like go to aa with these hollywood stars and presenters that are like you know hi my name is reese witherspoon and i think my hair is too long right now and i don't like the way i looked on the emmys hi i do want i do want to go to that meeting honestly i I think that would be a really fun meeting just to sort of poke your head in hair hey guys my name is zendaya and um Actually, I have no problems. <laughs> yeah. No, she's By the fine. way, gag. Um, but but I understand. And I just want to say you're not looking for me to like say, no, 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 that's not true. But no, 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 that's not true. And also like I was only proud of you and like only thought that you looked natural. I do think that there is a certain way you can go about it as like a comedic presence where it's like everything about what I'm doing here is like funny and haha and lol. And like, I, I understand, like, is that maybe where you're at? Like you wish yeah. to be more of like a confident comedic presence in the yes. entire thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to go on stage and be like, <laughs> what? Oh, uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, like that's, that's the vibe is that I, I feel frenetic and I don't want that to be part of my projection anymore. I don't want to project that outwardly and I can really work on that. Like, and look, I'm you weren't so projecting lucky. that though, babe. You weren't projecting that. I am you're, so you're, lucky. You're perceiving that. Sure. I am so lucky that I get to... I'm actually very excited about this season of SNL. And I, I don't... I did not say that last year. I did not say that the year before. Hmm. I'm very excited. I'm going to the season very excited. Good. And I hope... And even if I'm disappointed... If, if I'm disappointed in any way, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be fine. I think you know I built up the yeah. mechanisms for it. You know, Amy Poehler writes about this in her book about wanting the cookie. The cookie. You remember yeah, this? And yes, this. please. She writes this about essay. this. And there's so much great stuff in um, Amy Poehler's Yes, Please. And it was really fun to see her and Seth present together. I'll say that. So fun. Um, oh. But in Amy Poehler's Yes, Please, she discusses the thing of um, 
the promise of the cookie when you get nominated at an award show like that, or really with anything like in any respective career path that you're in, when there's like an opportunity for a promotion or like, you know, a bonus or something or an opportunity to shine amongst your peers in an extraordinary way or special way. That's going to have some recognition. It's like, you don't want to care about it because it's not cool to care about it. Mm -hmm. That being said, everyone around you cares about it and you care more than you think because you're programmed to of course want recognition from your peers and of course be told that you're doing a great job like especially like in the arts and in the entertainment industry like i'm reading betty gilpin's fantastic book right now and oh my god am i excited to have her on the show but she also says like yeah it's this weird thing of like self-deprecation that rubs up against like you know, actual self-hatred sometimes and the the need for attention and the wrestling with that need. You know, it's a weird thing. This is and Amy Poehler this... talks about the cookie and how, you know, you want it and then you don't get it and you feel stupid for wanting it. It's weird. It's weird. That is exactly it. God, of course Betty would get it right. I'm exhausted. I got a decent amount of sleep last night. I'll say, I think I got, I think I hit six hours. So I'm not like, that's so crazy that that's decent. That's not good. But I am drained to the bone, and I think it's because of a night like last night that is so emotionally weird, tensile. Mm-hmm. It's so emotionally like all over the place in the way that it's, it's pulling you in so many directions that you're like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. And so, and so let me get to the, and I'm, and think, and I'm sorry that this is a therapy session. Um, but it, it feels like I've had to, I'm having to like organize my thoughts around this in the immediate aftermath. So thank you for being a friend and listening. Um, you ever think about talking to like, do you ever talk to 80 about this stuff? Oh, all the time. But yeah. 80 is someone who I think is being so thoughtful about her relationship to all of this. Mm to the pageantry of, of, of shit like this, where she is completely, I think she is like really, I don't, I don't want to speak on her life, but I think she is like taking a minute to just like chill out, not really engage in too much, like outwardly facing stuff. Yeah. And I, I yearn for that. I yearn for that. Mm. Um, but anyway, this is what I'll say about us. If we were to ever host and I only, and look, let me just get this out of the way. Am I, am I a little like I'm like part of me is saying like, oh, we shouldn't talk about this. It's so self-indulgent for us to talk about the hypothetical thing of us hosting an award show one day. But we literally just did that at, at Lincoln Center. Even though it was mm-hmm. it was like a fake bastardized parody version of it. I, there was mm-hmm. an element of it that felt real. Right. And mm-hmm. that's because I think the reason why Culture Awards got out of its own way and succeeded was because you and I. We're stupid and ironic enough about it, but also took it so seriously. Mm-hmm. We made it seem like an important, prestigious award, and that the ceremony of the night was so important and amazing. And not and the and award shows now have not done that at all. It's always been about the host coming out, except for Keenan. But it's always been about the host coming up, being like, "Oh, hey, we're all here. Okay, well, uh, this is the part of the show where like the, the wink is not even a wink anymore. It's like a." an eyebrow raise and a shrug. It's like, yeah, well, this is what it is. Award shows need to go back to the thing where people are like, the people who are like emceeing are going, oh my God, it's that time of the night where we, you know, like that needs to come back. Yeah. And I think in like, in like a, 
this is what I'll say about last night. And I couldn't, be, I couldn't be a bigger Keenan fan. That whole opening with the dancing, I, I didn't get it at all. Like, it felt like it didn't feature him. Then, not for nothing, like, the transitions between, like, the bits were very lazy. They were not, like, they, nothing had, like, no, no sketch they did was blacked out. Adore Sam J, but like was she, she was hosting more than Keenan was, and that right, was a little right. confusing. The constant cuts to a voice that the audience couldn't see, like the, the she was not cued correctly. Like the presenters were at the mic while she was still doing like announcer bits. Ugh, like it just was, it, it was not done well, yeah. and so. That was frustrating all, to watch. Those people all deserved a better, a better produced show in the control room. Um, the writers did a great job. I, from what I know, I feel like the dance routine was like thrown at them at the last minute, and it like, well, literally you was tell. a thing. Yeah, and I'm sure Keenan wasn't that thrilled about it. I think he was so charming throughout the show. It just felt like that opening took something from him. And then the way we went into the first award was like so bizarre. And that was my big global note on the whole thing was I was just like, why do I feel like we're like racing to start this show? And then the way, the way that the dance montage in the beginning ended felt like it didn't have a finale. No. Did it feel like that in the room? For it to start with Friends was such a weird thing. And then I think it went to Brady Bunch. The Law and Order dance really threw me out the window. I was like, of course, these people with guns. <laughs> that should have been. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think it was. <laughs> that was cuckoo. Well, first of all, I we we had terrible seats. We had no monitor in our view. We did not oh, know what was know being. We didn't know what was being shown to people at home. Um or or like had no context for what was happening in other sections of the theater. I mean, I appreciate the risk they took where it's like club seating for one half and then like row seating for the other half. Mm. But it was very hard. There was no central there was no center. There was no central place to look no. at for people in the room and for people at home, I'm sure it was disorienting. And I will say I want to be like who's this for? Who is this for? It's not for yeah. the people in the room. It's not for the people at home. It's just so that like a production designer can be like, well, I tried out an idea. No, that's not that's not worth it. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their 
easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas that's chime.com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details what we have to do talk about (laughs) ms leah ms leah michelle who we hope is recovering quickly oh. from covid wow but also like so many wait this is unforgettable so, background bone and i didn't An go to see Leah michelle week. so great yes. i mean also we saw her a second night like and really a great performance i mean the production mm. we we had we had notes on the stage we got notes this episode but i think they're good notes they're good notes and we're and they're with good intention. We're not drags. We're not. They're not dragging. Yeah, you. You. <laughs> at one point, you like. I. I could feel you sort of tensing up next to me in your seat, and you just lurch forward and go. I cannot stand the staging. <laughs> I was. I go. I was like, this makes no sense. I was like, I can't see. I can't. It doesn't see. make sense. It doesn't. The show was set so far back. It's set so far upstage. Some of it, like they just they. If you're sitting on the sides, like in in stage left or right, like you were cut off from so much of the show. Wild, wild, and and so maybe get a mezzanine seat. Honestly, if you go see it, like yeah, because then you're guaranteed a good view. You'll see everything. Um, Leah was wonderful. She was great. Uh, Yeah, the energy. 
of that show you could tell had shifted considerably yeah. and that the people on stage were excited yeah. that they were doing it maybe yeah for the they were first like oh my god our work is being recognized like people are leaping out of their seats there were five standing ovations at the show we were at yeah we had five we had two in the same song which i don't think happened the first night yeah it was um don't rain. she uh, got was almost that- to the all the way to the end of don't rain on my parade and there was a massive standing ovation and then she sang like the last truly 25 seconds of it and there was another standing ovation yep but deserved both deserved um gosh tova Feldshow was so good she did a fabulous job also i mean the whole cast was great i mean it there but there was a couple moments where it's true it's just like again we need to look at this like and this when you have a performer like that can actually sing people stage people like it's a moment for god's sakes the way it's staged is the two of them sitting at a table stage right and that Leah and that Fanny gets up and like brushes his shoulder behind him as she crosses slightly closer to center, but not center stage. It makes zero fucking sense to me. And it's people. It's people. It's people. Do you know what I literally did last night? Literally last night, for some reason, I think I was just stoned like being on YouTube. I watched Barbara's the movie version of people Watch that. Literally, I understand they didn't want to rip anything that like Barbara was doing or from the movie. And I get that the stage production is the, is different than the movie, but it's the same fucking song. And whether you want to admit it or not, people are coming in with an expectation when you sing people. And so they could have taken so many little cues from the movie version of it. Bowen, I'm telling you, and readers, stop this right now. Watch the movie version of people with Barbara a fucking legend and the way it's staged is small and intimate because it takes place on the street but it still feels romantic and emotional and big because she's realizing for the very first time she's actually going to acknowledge the fact that she wants a connection with someone else because she might maybe be good enough for them like Uh. it is such a big moment and they just like they let it just happen in the show even with Leah and they did change some other things like the music that makes me dance like they used to cut off at the end which drove me nuts because yeah. I guess the actresses playing the part really couldn't <clears throat> do the final note justice or maybe it was just a choice um, yeah it's a crazy note <laughs> just like it's, it's it's wild and like and it's a very hard song and very like you know very but, but Leah like nailed it and they changed that for her they changed the arrangement of that and that staging they also changed you know like uh, several other things from the first time i had seen it but not enough to make it be like yes this is a knockout production that lives up to her talents in the part because some of the staging was giving high school sorry oof tough tough with a Um, tony winning like legendary director i will say that i feel like who are you now at least in the, I, I, I listened to the, oh, I listened to the to the to the Barbara Broadway version of Who Are You Now, and honestly, can I say they turn it into a duet between Fanny and Nick, mm-hmm. and watching Leah and Raman do that together was really really special. Oh, I yeah. really loved that. Um, that was a good I, choice. I don't have much context for Funny Girl. Um, this was my first iteration of seeing it, which I which is kind of crazy. So I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to like say too many make too many statements about it, but um, that was really really great. And there's a line in the in the book which is 
Fanny sort of saying to Nick, actually, it's right before people, which kind of drove me nuts for her because like, okay, so there's this moment where it's like Fanny and Nick and, you know, he's like meeting her family and all her friends where where she lives and, you know, they're having like a little flirty moment before she launches into fucking people and she says something like, I haven't read many books and the whole audience like including this one loser like like 10 rows behind us was literally doing that thing where it's like very audibly like quote unquote trying not to laugh and it was like oh, 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 and I was just oh, like oh fuck? god this is going to be contagious now like freaking COVID or something because everyone just started laughing so much. And again, like not to revisit my point last week, because I get that people disagree with me, but I just don't think this bit that she can't read is funny. Like, yeah. I just don't think it's funny. It just doesn't make me laugh, even if it were done and presented in a more clever way. And it certainly doesn't make me laugh to like laugh at her expense when she said she doesn't like the joke up there. Not that she needs protecting anymore. She's fine. But like, I don't know, like at what point are we just going to like retire this bit just because I don't think it's a good bit. I think, I think it's reached its sort of, you would hope. I, I, I think it's sort of reached critical mass. And now we're like out of it. Hopefully, I think what happened was since the first night, all, so all this shit from the first night comes out in tweets and stuff where they, like, you know, these fucking idiots are recording the show, whether it's audio or video. Um, but someone recorded that part. Well, I saw the tweet the the day we were going to go see the show, like mm-hmm. um, the morning after, and people were like, there were ch- gasps and chuckles at the line, I don't read many books. Yeah. And then, of course, Twitter loves that shit. And then... Um, the audio gets released where people are like, (gasps) (laughs) little, little, little tiny laughs audible, but then they move on. It was a full laugh line in our show. In our show, it was a full laugh line. I think because people might've picked up on that. I don't know how (laughs) online our audience was, but, um, I think maybe there was that expectation. Like people were sort of like white knuckling until that line maybe. And then just to see how she would react from what I could see and maybe it's because our view of the stage was shit because of the stage. We couldn't see her face. We couldn't see her face. (laughs) I think she kind of gave a little wink, not a literal wink, but she like smirked and smiled and laughed through it. And so I think she was, she was showing the audience that she was okay with the joke, that she was going to laugh at her own expense and have a sense of humor about the whole thing. And then Ramen playing Nick also kind of broke and laughed. And the two of them were laughing together. So it gave permission for the entire audience to uproariously build to a laugh. And I think that's what happened. And what I was seeing was she says it, some like knuckleheads in the audience started laughing. It became a thing. And then Ramin, like Ramin, however you pronounce it, um, he sort of leaned into it because he didn't know how to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, this is now, a, uh, it's now a laugh line. Like I have to wait. I, Cause like we need to. And then um, she said something like, you want me to read your line for you? She said something yeah. like that stepped out of the character. Yeah. And um, I think it was weird. Like he was trying to walk a line like being there for her and acknowledging that she might uh-huh. feel a certain way about people in the audience doing that, but also trying to preserve the moment as a performer and honor the response it was getting. And also like potentially like wrestling with the fact that 
she's going to want to move past this moment. And she did. That's why she said something. I see. That makes sense. And she did. And she sings people. And it's, you know, it's blocking aside. It's great. Yeah. And then um, the rest of the show, she's having fun. And then she was great. She was great. She was, it was really special. And I went in pretty ambivalent about Leah. I, Mm. Of course, she's a terrible person, or she was in the recent <laughs> past. But I think she, you know, I think she, it's meaningful that she is back on Broadway and that she seems very, at Curtain Call, it seems like this whole cast really, really likes her. And that she likes, and she likes them back. And I feel like working in a show like Glee that is just toxic all around for whatever reason, Girl. for whatever reason, like you don't know if it comes from her for, or she's receiving it and she's kind of deflecting it outward. I'm not making excuses for her behavior, but I'm saying that maybe she's more in her natural environment. In theater. In her dream role. Yeah. I don't think she should try to go back to television or movies. I think she should stay in theater. I think it's like clearly where she stands out the most and where she is the most effective because you could watch her on TV and sing these Glee songs and it can't, and maybe it doesn't really register. Like you understand she's a great singer, but it doesn't actually register that she's like a very special stage presence. Whereas it's clear as day with this. I also think that, you know, and I understand that like the, the allegations about what she did and like uh, on the set of Glee are really tough. And, you know, she's, there must be something to the fact that like, they're all in this like toxic atmosphere working on this show. There's so many people with such real dark problems yeah. and they're pretending to be in high school. So that has to like, and they're also like in, I just had a four and a half hour dance rehearsal and I turned to uh, Zane and I was like, can you imagine being on Glee? And he was like, Oh my God, I know. And oh. like, like basically can uh, embodying a high school character and being in such close proximity all the time and working like that. I'm not making any excuses for anyone's behavior, but I can see how people acted like fucking shitty. Like, and I, I, I think it's like, because people have so much fun with the persona of like how annoying a character like Rachel Berry is. And that is likely a Michelle and you know, the someone spilled sauce of it all. Like it's funny to make jokes at her expense. Someone spilled sauce is still it's, it's iconic. I mean, like, and the fact that that was a real true genuine story from first person account holder, you know, Michelle Michelle Collins is something I will never forget, but, and it's worth a re-listen to someone's build sauce, the episode with Michelle Collins to hear this Leah Michelle story. But that being said, like, you know, she is where she belongs on that stage playing that part. Yeah. And the show really worked because of her. And a show like that needs someone like that. And also, we do need to get excited about theater again, because let me tell you, so much of it is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. This is what I wanted to say. I didn't really want to, didn't care to talk about the illiteracy stuff but um i turned to you at one point i think it was during intermission i go you know she's doing she's giving you just enough barbara impression yeah she's not she's not doing the oh yeah this she's she wasn't doing the i'll say the beanie thing of turning the other direction and trying not to touch the barbara thing at all which i think is like all she was able to do um but you said to me well it's that thing i was listening to an episode of everything iconic with danny pellegrino where he was interviewing Jody Benson. This is a great interview, everyone. You should go listen to that. I I, I gotta listen to it. But um, you you told me that she yes. says that whenever she sings, whenever she sings part of your world live or on a re-recording or something, 
she always does the same exact thing, sings mm-hmm. in the same exact timing, the takes the same breath at the, the same places, whatever. Um, because people are so attached to that song. Yeah. If you change it just a little, they get a little perturbed. They sort of don't like it, maybe. Well, and, th- and th- it's th- interesting that you it's interesting that you say that like days before the Little Mermaid teaser comes out. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Well, you know what's funny about that? Like, and it's a great interview, so I don't want to repeat verbatim what was said because you should check out his podcast to, to listen to it. But basically, the sense I get is that when she was working on that song with Howard Ashman, he said something to the effect of like, "We're gonna we're really work this." And it's going to sound like Ariel. It's not going to sound like Jody. And you might not like the way it sounds mm-hmm. at the end. And then, you know, this being back in the day when the first time you could see yourself, your performance in the movie, like you didn't get cuts of it beforehand. Like she went to the premiere, sat down and she saw Ariel sing the songs. And mm-hmm. then she was like, oh, my God. And, you know, you might not like those performances as a singer because it's yes. a lot of speak singing. And some of it is a little pitchy or flat just based on human emotion, <clears throat> which is why I think some of these musicals... um can feel a little canned because literally the sound is like it's so perfected in the studios that you lose the humanity of the human voice and the character. And so in how that connects to funny girl and you talking about this Barbara quote unquote impression or the affect that is the Streisand thing impression. Yeah. Right. This woman who was next to me, when, when we sat down in our seats, this woman who was next to me, and it wasn't a thing of like she recognized us or whatever, this older woman, like probably 65 years old, not older, you know, older than us, she turns to me and she just goes, I am so excited. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. are you a fan of the movie? She goes, this has been my favorite movie since I was a little girl. Oh. And I was like, oh, you must be so excited. She goes, I have waited years for them to bring this to Broadway. And throughout the, I checked in with her again at intermission. I said, are you having the time of your life? She was like, I'm so happy. And you know, Mm. she was so happy the whole time. And I was like, there is something to, I understand no one can copy Barbara and no one can necessarily be that. And that's ultimately why you might want to try to go to different way. But when people buy a ticket to a show like this or want to experience something like the little mermaid, they want the, they want what they remember. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they yeah. want they want it to feel reverent and like it's like calling back to something because that is what taps into the emotion. That is yes. what gets people to come up to, you know, Jody Benson after she sings a performance and say, thank you so much. You'll never know what this means to me. It reminds me of my mother, my father, a time. You know, this is a really important, like, you know, my mother, I say on this podcast all the time, raised me on this. Like, yeah, and when I yeah. took my mom and my aunt to see this show, for Mother's Day, like, and like I said, I saw an understudy who was lovely and great and good at the part, but it, but was not a stage superstar. So when you see someone do that and deliver that material, it's meaningful for people. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is a piece that means something to people, which is why I think there's so much controversy outside of just the fact that it's like fun diva Broadway drama, whatever. Right, it's, right. It, it's, it's newsworthy because this piece means something to people. It created an American icon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it has that same destructive power too. Yes. It's like, that's the crazy thing. That's the thing that like, we didn't realize until it happened. Is that Mm -hmm. like, Oh shit. Yeah. It's like exactly what you're saying is that the people's people's attachment to this is so powerful. Yes. That it will, it will just truly like 
breed conflict and like you know drama and all this stuff but um yeah it's god i i really do need to listen to this jody benson interview because so good you, you told me about this thing that like uh she wasn't sure about the notes that that howard was giving her and but meanwhile i that's so funny because as an audience member and as like someone who grew up on that movie you go i was just listening to the song i mean i've been listening to part of your world on repeat since that tra- since that teaser dropped but um just you know what's so iconic ready to know what the people know like just like how yes. it just kind of drops yes. out into the that humanity speech, like the humanity of that and um i told you this right speaking of barbara um i was watching some like little featurette for the Aladdin DVD when this came out, like in 2003, I want to say, but they did a featurette on, it was Howard Ashman's last movie. Um, and they talk about Howard's, like these amazing Howard moments in that he first started to get really sick uh, mm-hmm. when Beauty and the Beast was getting recorded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Paige O'Hara is in the booth singing um, something there that wasn't there before, yes. whatever the, yeah, whatever, whatever it's called. Um, and she sings... New and a bit alarming, or new and a bit alarming, or something. That's what it is. She sings that, and then ha- they get Howard on the phone, and Howard is can barely speak, mm-hmm. is so sick, and he can only give like a couple words. He can mm-hmm. only communicate in a couple words at a time. But um, all he says over the phone is Streisand, Streisand, and they're like, "What does he mean? What does he mean?" And then Paige is like, I think I know what he means. And then she goes, new and a bit alarming. Mm, like mm. scoops up like that in the way that Barbara would. And then Howard's mm. like, that's what, like, that's it, that's it. And I'm like, I, wow. I've never forgotten that story. And like, he can just tap into something. Not only not only can he write lyrics like what he fucking writes, what he, what he wrote in his life, but he can give such like notes like that that are, that are so specific and so impactful. Yeah. Like, think about, like, they make the song. They make the song. Yeah. It's crazy. He was a true storyteller. I mean, and that is such a great loss. And you really do feel the difference. I mean, oh, yeah. like, you know, D23 just happened. And God, it was so rough. But um, uh, they brought Ariana DeBose out to play. She's p- going to play a new, I guess, Disney princess in a new 2D Wish. movie. Wish. Yes. And she sang the song, and the song is by Julia Michaels, and the song is a good song, but it's not a Disney magic song, you know? And even in um, Halle Bailey's version of it, like, and I, when she when she did the, she has that little riff, I actually, I had to like, I, I had to check myself because I was like, oh, I don't like that on instinct. But then I was like, yes, but in context, we haven't heard it. You we know what I mean? Maybe context, she yeah. is yes. going to give a vocal that travels different places and that will be interesting but it's going to be up to us to all like as big fans of this incredible yeah. landmark song the greatest yeah. disney song in history to check ourselves and be like give it a chance which is why it's even like braver and bolder to play this part like because there is one ariel that we remember you know what i mean like so it's gonna be crazy but we're all gonna have to like really take a deep breath before Part of your world comes on and poor and unfortunate souls and all those numbers, you know? Totally. But you're so right. We've only known one Ariel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but I, I will say, and it's really special. Just, I, I feel like the response to that teaser is overwhelmingly positive. It's, it's positive. 
Yeah. I, I was, I was, I truly, I, I took my breath away. I had a similar response where I had to go, did I like that B? Mm. I think I did, but I, I immediately thought back to that Jody Benson thing where I was like, this is, I, I know why I might not like it, but I think, like you said, I need to listen to it in context because I mm-hmm. feel like the movie is doing, from from the, from what you're seeing in, in this teaser, I feel like it will have a really nice balance between honoring the visuals, the original visuals. I feel like I, I look at some of these shots, I'm like, oh, it looks like, it looks like from the movie, mm-hmm. from the original movie. But it's an attachment that we have. You it's, know what I mean? I it's know. like, it's just it's hard. It's so strong. It's so strong. It's like, it's like you live your whole life with one mom and then you're like, hey, we rebooted your mom. You have a, Honey. this is your mom. No, this is your mom. You just, just doesn't look or sound like her, but it's her. <laughs> Hug her. Hug her now. Love her. Oh my God. No way. No but, way. And it's just very hard, but I will say this. She looks and sounds fucking fab perfect and she's, and yeah. she will be stunning and the way she's looking up at that at that amazing crest of the ocean honey the way that she looks up and says she wants to be part of the world i said i really hope yeah. she does and it's no spoilers but i think it will end really happy for ariel oh my god really what makes you say no that? spoilers I'm just saying, like, based on source material and some things I've been hearing, I think that the Little Mermaid might end very happy for Ariel. Wink. I hope so. Wink, wink. Um, I hope so no, too, I mean, Queena. What? I hope so too, Queena. I hope so too, Queena. When she, I mean, when Hallie comes in with, out of, like, she, she gives it some volume. And it's Wee! really cool. <laughs> I think it's iconic. I actually love it now. I mean, come on. Come on. Um, we Hallie. have to. I don't think so, honey, because I have to go to a fitting. Um, okay, but but very quickly, I yeah. should say, okay, the Jenna Bush Hager stuff with the Queen's death timeline is crazy. Oh my God, we didn't even talk about the Queen. You want to know why? It's because the Leah Michelle illiteracy meme has taken up more media space than the no. Queen's death, period. Oh my God, that's not true, period. But okay, so Jenna Bush Hager was at, was at some castle with Charles, King Charles now, Charles and Camilla, the night before the queen passed away and they, they had a great time, whatever. But the timelines don't match up with when she showed up to their castle to do an interview the next day. And when Charles and Camilla were whisked away on a helicopter to go to Balmoral. And there's some interesting things going on there with the release of the information of when the queen passed away. And so it's just so funny to me that our, our friend, our pal Jenna, Jenna Bush, Bush Hager, JBH. our pal Jenna Bush Hager, JBH, who asked if she could come to Fire Island with us, um, is is a part <laughs> of this now. Is a part of this global historic death. Anyway. Anything you want to say about the Queen? Slay. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> it's so shocking. Like you really realize, like how what a different world they live in. That they are. There are people that are in their 90s who for their entire life, every single day of their life, they were told to worship this person. And now this person is gone. So, of course, they're in mourning. I mean, like, yeah, she yeah, lived yeah. so long as like a deity in that country. But wow, I couldn't care less. You know what I mean? I just like but, not that I, not that I couldn't care less that a, a human person is dead, but it's just wild to buy into something just 
because of a bloodline. You know what I mean? Yeah. And these people are so disgusting. Yeah. Like Prince Andrew still hanging out. Like these Crazy. people are gross. Now the king is King Charles. Prince oh. Andrew Prince Andrew has the corgis. Andrew and Fergie have the corgis. This is so awful to me. Those dogs oh. with that fucking monster. These people I are can't so gross. It. And uh, honestly, like down to the bone, like uh, all of them, they're just like, they're so entitled and wretched and it is built on colonialism. And I understand that the queen became a figurehead and tried to move the country through with dignity and grace, etc. And I get that a lot of people care and have a different cultural view on this than me, but like, wow, I'm sorry, but you have to end it. Like you have to call it like you see it at a certain point. And they're just like, the Prince Andrew of it all for me, like it's 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 sure if it wasn't if it wasn't the toxic, disgusting way this country establishes itself all around the world and colonizes, then it's that not to be like too good for it all, but like also, honey, like it is what it is. We're we're, we're stepping on my I don't think so, honey. But um, okay, I, do I, it. I will hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. Okay, hold on. But I will say that I think the reason what you're saying about these nine year olds who've worshipped this person mm-hmm. and this maybe this family their whole lives. That is important because that is it is a loss of meaning for so many people in that country and around the yes. world, let's say. And so they and therefore and I don't think it's attachment. His Majesty King, His Highness King Charles is the person to like make sure this gets upheld. He that he he will not uphold the meaning of this because no, he's a flop. People don't pe- people don't like him. And also he's just like it just it just it's it's just not going to work. People are not going to hang the same amount of meaning absolutely not onto that man no he has been maligned it's, by so many people for so long i saw this video like they were there was like i think it was like bbc or whatever like in the streets just asking people how they felt about the passing of the queen and this one girl was like you know oh, yeah. i think it's sad when anyone gets to that point um she's iconic so sorry she's her. passed but also like i'm not a fan of the queen or the monarchy <laughs> and they're like why because if they have to ask why at this point, uh, I don't know. The colonization, the Prince Andrew stuff is a little weird. Like she stops sort of saying any Diana stuff, but like also that, like any depiction of them, like you're not going to love Charles after it because he's shitty. And like, yeah, like it, she was very important to them because I think she, in, in many ways, like she was c- keeping a pretty divided country, like m- arguably more so than our country, like kind of together, at least in like, a cultural fabric that hadn't been ripped apart yet, but Charles is extremely polarizing. I mean, like yeah. perhaps um even more polarizing effect on the country is just like, you know, ascended to the throne. So mm. yeah. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly burst refreshing bubbles colorful bottles and playful smiles galore bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories there's a lot to smile about each sip adds a burst of fun to your day i don't know about you matt but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey. 
Try new bubbly burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time, or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Do you want to do your I don't think so, honey, because it's on theme? You go first. Sure, I'll go first. Okay, well, guess what, everyone? This is iconic. Bowen Yang's I don't think so, honey. And his time starts now. I don't think so, honey. GQ putting out a story that calls King Charles III a menswear icon, and he's been one for ages. Let's please not do this, okay? The man grew up with Argyle bolts of clothing around him he he didn't have to like find it for himself someone gave those things to him he was given a rolex he was given a (laughs) a longines watch he was given this stuff okay he did not have to curate this for himself 30 seconds and he needs all the help he can get to distract from that crazy face he has it's crazy let's not do this let's not call him a a a style icon he doesn't need to be called that he doesn't want to be called that. that's not what he does any of this let's just like be a little bit more sparing with us i mean that this is this is where the word icon has sort of hit its peak and there's a nader like we're, we're going downhill from here no more use of the word icon that applies to us. I'm sorry, Matt. Okay, that's one minute. I'm so sorry. I take it back. You're not an icon. I take it back. Thank you. And you're not an icon either. You're an icon consort. 
<laughs> I'm the Camilla to the icon. You are the Camilla to icon status. We we are both icon consorts. Actually, it's rule of culture number twelve. We are both icon are both consorts. Icon consorts. I'm go. I'm comfortable um, with that. I'm very comfortable with that. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I have one. I must do. Here we go. This is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. No Bravo in Canada. Okay, what am I supposed oh. to do with any second of my life that's not working? I'm here in Toronto, Ontario, <laughs> Canada, and you can't get Bravo here. I guess they just don't know who Erica Jane even is. So how do they know how to commiserate in the streets about how evil she's become? Oh, I don't no. think so, honey, that I've watched the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. I can't weigh in on the seating chart. I can't tell you if Cherie, sorry, Cherie, now I got my Cherie Ray's confused. Yeah. I can't tell you if Sheree or you know Marlo deserve to be next to next to Andy at the reunion. I don't know how they're presenting the drama of the season. I have not seen anything. I don't know what I'm going to do over the next two weeks. We got big Aspen episodes and I got to watch them the next day. Usually I do that on Peacock, but I got to tell you something. I don't think so. I know Peacock in Canada. You can't even get the cock. I'm going to have to search high, low, and far to try to download it on iTunes like it's the year 1902. Uh, downloading on iTunes. I don't think so honey no bravo that's no bravo and that's one minute honey vpn get the vpn on the computer everything here is on something called crave and it was so funny because during the emmys it was like congratulations to crave on their staggering amount of nominations more than any other network i'm like yeah mama there's <laughs> like, no other crave network has everything there's it's no like other crave network. is like water it's like there's no alternative to it it's like you gotta drink yeah. water what are you gonna do crave drink milk water. milk doesn't have any nominations this year water That's has so all the nominations every year so sad for milk it's not the 90s anymore boo damn they had their moment um get a vpn and then just watch it on um i'll i'll, I'll teach you how to do it teach me how to do it teach me how to dougie teach me teach me how to dougie and teach Remember me how that. to dougie teach me teach me how to dougie um you want to end every episode with a song this has been an iconic culture sorry uh really good culture catch-up really good culture catch-up yes let's end it must have been cold cold there in my shadow shadow. to never have sunlight on your face you were content to let me shine that's your way you always walked a step behind did you ever know that you're my did I change the key? No, no, no. Behind. Did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything, everything I wish I, I could, could be. be. I could fly, I could fly, let me go. Because you are the wind. out to all the Emmys producers. Bye. Bye. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst.
you know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.